Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugo, your show host. I am so delighted today to have this guest. I've been watching this company for the last few years, and it's such a great honor to have these people aboard. It's the All-America Selections. We've done an interview before with some seeds uh, in the past, and it's such a delight to have the Executive Director, Diane uh, Blazik, aboard. Thank you, Diane. Oh, well, it's my pleasure to be on. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's what we're going to do so that we can educate the folks what you're about, the All-America Selections people, is that she's going to tell us who they are, how they got started, what, what they do, why they're so important, because they really tend to the trends that we all deal with. You know, we see the seed catalogs, and, and they're all excited about uh, being a part of their situation. So they're, they're here, and they're going to be with us every so often to call in different reports. I'm so excited because then when you're looking through your catalogs, you're going to be able to see what she's talking about and then be able to purchase those items when you call in your order. So, Diane, first tell us, you know, kind of how you got started, who you are, what what do you do? Okay. Um, well, it's very interesting. It's an old organization. We were 85 years old last year, so we were founded in 1932. The gentleman's name was Ray Hastings. And at the time, he worked for a Southern Seedsman Association. Back in those days, they used the designation man instead of just seed person. <laughs> um, but he was working for this seed organization, and was and this was between the two world wars, and that's really when a lot of new breeding work was taking off for both flowers and vegetables. So he would see all these new introductions and would question well, how do we know if they are good or not? Do we do we believe what the package says or what the catalog says? So he had the idea to start an independent nonprofit organization that used volunteer judges to test these new varieties that are submitted by the breeders. But when they're grown out in the garden, they're trialed next to two other varieties that are already on the market. So it's a very rigorous, hmm. rigorous trial. It's all professional horticulturists who are the judges. And so, for example, like with a vegetable, they'll say, well, does this tomato have a better texture than this other XYZ one on the market? Uh, is it a better color? Does it resist disease and pest? Um, and how's the productivity? But, of course, taste is always very important. So we do that with both um, flowers and vegetables, at least we did for 80 years, and then we branched out. Um, but I like to describe it as um, like a good housekeeping seal of approval, because that's what good housekeeping does. They uh, test appliances for your home and see how well they perform. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, how is it that, uh, because there's so many varieties, how is it that you narrow it down? I mean, is it basically that you're still just looking for what's the improvement of a variety? Or, I mean, some of these catalogs can have like 1,800 varieties or 1,500, but you're only basically looking at what, um, I guess, what they hand in or they just want your seal of approval kind of thing to be elevated. How is it you decide well, you're right. It is the breeders who decide. So let's say a breeder's 
you know, a larger breeder may be introducing 50 new varieties in a year. You know, it just depends on what all they're working on. And um, we specialize in the home garden market. We don't deal with the commercial market, you know, people who are growing for processing or anything. Um, so the breeders will look at everything they have coming down the pipeline and decide, well, which one do we think, um, you know, is some of our best stuff and has a good chance of winning in AAS. And financially, they have to think about it, too, because once it becomes an AAS winner, they have to pay this organization for our marketing efforts, and it's a percentage of sales. So it's really a business decision, and the breeders don't want to enter something that they don't think is great because it's not going to win. <laughs> um, so right, they really do right. pick the best of the best for our trials. Interesting. And uh, on the vegetable stuff, uh, you know, that area, uh, with community gardens, they try to grow some flowers, too, for color and textures. Uh, but the, with the vegetable, uh, we're trying to really push a lot more about the health uh, that is kind of like a prescription or medicine cabinet kind of thing. How is it that um, – do they just strictly do tomatoes or do they branch out to like papayas or that kind of thing? How is it they decide what's going to be best that they want to really sell to that consumer? Um, there's a you lot know, of have factors. You tested. Um, yeah, there, mm -hmm. there are a lot of factors because with the breeding companies and with all America selections, we want to make sure the home gardener is successful. So, what they will enter is the products that are probably going to be easier to grow. And, I mean, we've all grown tomatoes. We've all grown peppers. Some things are a little more unique. Um, in fact, our 2018 trial has potatoes from seed instead of putting, hmm. um, you know, like uh, an eye of a potato, a little uh, – that's how we do it, what you call it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what they're looking for, and and that's one of the attributes that we look for also. You know, if something takes a lot of work, does it take a lot of pruning or a lot of treatments or a lot of water or whatever the case might be, that's probably not going to win because we want it to be a product that is easier to care for. Got it. Now, does it take like one full season for you? Uh, so they probably have the idea of this particular uh, variety they want to do. They have to go ahead with a trial time with you all, and then they can't roll it out uh, until the following season. Would that be right? Um, yeah, you are exactly right. You you know a lot more about All America Selections than you give yourself credit for. Um, it takes a full year. <laughs> I probably don't, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like you do. But, yes, um, we accept the entries in November, and then we spend about two or three months deciding which comparisons are going to be grown next to, and then we have to source those uh, seeds or cuttings, and they come into the office, and then we have to package it all up and resend it out. So, for example, this week we are actually sending out the 2018 vegetable trial. We've already sent out the flower trial. So that's going out to our judges now because we've got judges in the south that need to start their tomatoes and peppers like yesterday, whereas up here mm -hmm. in the north they may not start them for um, a month or so. And then, yes, they if it's an annual, they grow it for one growing season, and the score sheets are due back in our office in October. So this October we'll analyze all the score sheets and announce the new winners in November. Oh, wow. Yeah, because a lot of the catalog companies, they're still taking pictures in October, and they wind it up in November to get to the printer uh, if they send right. out any uh, printed things. So 
yeah. it's all a, you know a cycle and a flow that kind of thing and then the flowers of course um we try to push uh, a little bit more of the flowers that the gardeners need to think about because it does help their souls to see the color and if they have children uh or they have children plots somewhere it's easier for the kids to grow those so it gets them kind of used to what's going on what do you see as a trend in flowers, or do you even see it? Like, do you see, like with clothing, it could be, uh, here's the color for this year, or here's the color for that year that they push. Do you see the same thing with flowers, or is it kind of like, uh, here's the style we need to see now? Or, I mean, do you even see that kind of thing? Oh, yes, a, a lot, a lot, a lot. And and it's interesting that you say, um, you know, what? why are people planting flowers now and combinations and stuff like that. So one of the main trends that I've been seeing over the past four or five years is the talk about saving pollinators and things being pollinator-friendly and a big education aspect right now um, you know, after the recession, like 10 years ago, a lot of people started vegetable gardening, and they actually gave up flower gardening to do vegetables. And then what happened, they didn't have pollinators because there were no pollinator-friendly flowers around. So that is certainly oh one thing that we talk about a lot is, number one, when you're picking flowers for your garden, make sure they're pollinator-friendly because then they will be attracted to your garden and they'll go pollinate your vegetables at the same time to make sure you have a more successful vegetable gardening. So, yes, that's one huge trend. Wow. I know that uh, the Bayer Crop Science people, uh, I've talked to them and, of course, uh, Scott's brand, uh, and now the uh, Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, uh, they're all pushing uh, being able to do pollinators and whatever. And Forbes magazine, shortly after I did the interview with uh, uh, Bear Crop Science, because I, I send things to uh, Mr. Uh, Steve Forbes every so often, he was kind enough to put something in there about po uh, pollinators, too, in his uh, uh, comment section, the first part of his magazine. So I know this is a popular subject. And I did not realize that that was what was happening on that side. That, that's interesting. Um, do you see that uh, with the trend of, of growing outside, you know, more vegetables as the basics, do you see in your industry, or does it even really touch you all, uh, do you see that more people are taking the time to grow more at home or grow in the community gardens if they don't have a spot or, or grow on other balconies, you know, that kind of thing? Do you see an uptick in any of this at all? Yes, yeah, we definitely do. Um, through our work with AAS as well as another organization that we run here, National Garden Bureau, we continue to see more and more people wanting to garden for several reasons. Um, you know, like I said, with the recession, a lot of people were thinking, okay, if I grow my own, I can save some money. So there's that issue. Then there's the food safety issue or people who want to eat organic food. So if they grow it their own, they know how it's been grown, where it's been grown. They don't have to worry about uh, some of these uh, foodborne illnesses. And then um, trying to get children involved, so there's definitely a focus on that. And then there's also the factor that I kind of call the snob factor. So when people mm -hmm. are starting to garden or if they've been gardening for a while, they don't want another red tomato. They want the small orange tomato or the uniquely shaped purple heirloom tomato because they want it to be different. And that ties into the whole foodie movement. I mean, we all know how successful Food Network is and all their stars. And I <laughs> think that interest in culinary 
uh, uniqueness is leading a lot of people to garden and grow their own things because they can get something different than what's in your average grocery store. Oh, yes, and and different recipes. That's why I look on the shows about, you know, what are the different recipes, what are the different um, herbs, spices that I can use that I don't use, uh, any kind of new gravy kind of recipe or what, you know, I, that's what I look at it for. So, so right, basically right, yeah. – um, the Eating Right, uh, we're trying to do an uh, exercise section in the, the Digital Magazine, Community Garden Magazine this year. And we're also going to, uh, I talked to a gentleman in um, Missouri, I don't know if, uh, St. Missouri, I don't know if he's going to do anything or not, but he's, I noticed that he's shaping up his columns a little bit differently. We're going to try to get a nutritionist uh, in the magazine and then talk more about how it can help uh, people heal when they're sick or also, of course, during their daily lives when they're not sick. So I see, and just on our side, I see that more people are talking about eating better or eating well, but I've seen it myself when a person is sick with something that it even helps them along or helps them heal faster. Um, with the seeds, you do more seeds than you do plants, or how is it when they bring things to you to be tested? What is the biggest thing that you're seeing that they bring to you to be tested uh, so that you can do those trials? Well, that's that's a very good question because for about 80 years, all we had done was seed trials. But now with the industry changing and technology being a part of it, for about the past 20 years, uh, ornamentals grown from vegetative cuttings um, have really taken off. So five years ago, we started a trial for ornamentals that are grown from vegetatively propagated plants. Um, so we don't actually get those directly here. We get them sent to a greenhouse rooting station who grows them out into small plants and then they send them to our judges. Um, so we don't touch those trials. They go right to our judges. And the same kind of thing applies with our perennial trial, which just started three years ago. Some of those are bare root perennials. Some are from vegetative cuttings. Uh, some are tissue culture. Some are seed. So those also go directly to this greenhouse that serves as our rooting station, and then that goes right to our judges. But the unique mm -hmm. thing with our perennial trial is it's a three-winter trial. So we are testing for mm. winter survivability. So we make the judges grow it for basically three and a half years before they turn in the score sheets to us. Oh, cool. Isn't that wonderful? You're very thorough. And sometime we're going to be talking about your display gardens. I didn't even know you had display garden areas. And we'll find out how they can go ahead and send information to you and then be on that list. Um, I think it's, what, like 55, 55 uh, places you have that or something. Something's with 55 on your website. Um, <laughs> it's actually closer to 200 uh, display gardens oh, 200, that we have. 200, wow. Yeah. That it's, is awesome. Um, we have about... 80 trial sites, but then we have almost 200 public gardens we work with, and they display the winners after they've been trialed. Oh, how cool. That is cool. We're going to find more information about that, too. So, And we've been talking to the executive director of the All-America Selections, and uh, they're located here in the uh, the Midwest in Illinois. And uh, it's such an honor and pleasure. I've heard about these people for a while, and I thought, my gosh, I'd love to talk to those people. 
So uh, I'm so thrilled to be able to have them aboard. Of course, we always carry items about the USDA to keep you aware of prices on, you know, vegetables and that kind of thing and fruits and whatever. And this is such a delight to be able to talk to these folks. So uh, we'll be talking again to them soon. And we wanted to do an expanded interview today so that at least then you could find out who they are, look them up on the Internet, and give the, uh, the site uh, information to look up on the Internet who you are. Yes, it's aaswinners.com. So very simple address, www.aaswinners.com. That is great. And they're on all kinds of social media, like um, website, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and I think Instagram was it that I saw? Yeah, so they're all all over. Pinterest, yes. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's smarter than a second grader. See, I'm still... I'm still trying to get through all that stuff, but uh, that is marvelous to have you aboard, and we'll be talking to you soon again. I'll look on the sheet uh, when it is that you're going to be calling in again, and I appreciate it so much. It's such an honor and pleasure uh, to have uh, this kind of a situation that people can listen to what seeds they're buying and why is it good to buy this particular seed over another seed. I don't get into all that. I just give them the idea of what this particular kale can do or oranges, you know, what they've got in them as far as nutrients. It's their decision because I don't know what they eat. They don't know what I eat. So uh, my honor and pleasure, Diane Blazik, who is the Executive Director of All America Selections. Have a great Community Garden Day. I appreciate it. And, folks, we'll be right back uh, talking about uh, all kinds of things that are coming up. Thank you, Miss Diane. Thank you. My honor. Thank you. And, folks, we just want to remind you that we've got the uh, Community Garden Magazine that's uh, out at www.magster.com. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com in the health section. And uh, it's the January issue that's up and running. You're going to find several pages about the All-America selections in there. We're going to be covering them also, just like we do all the other great companies and organizations and you can learn all kinds of things of what they have to offer and what they're about and how they do affect us on our community gardens we're going to be right back this is community garden revolution i'm mary hugo your show host listening to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Hugo, your show host. What an honor. That was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, awesome. So we're going to be having uh, her call in. Uh, she donated her time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, we're going to have her call in again uh, to the show uh, as long as they can do it. And uh, we're just so pleased and, and tickled pink about it. Uh, we also uh, have the USDA, you know, that we have something uh, on with them every week, and um, we're just so delighted to have that. I can't, I can't say it enough. What an honor. So um, I do know the seed companies that I talk with every so often, uh, they are so, you know, they watch what's going on and want to see what the winners are and whatever, and uh, we had had uh, a winner on uh, about three years ago, and uh, they were so excited about the seeds they had, um, peppers, so uh, this is how it's such an honor uh, to have these people actually do trials on what they have to offer and get that gold, uh, you know, that good housekeeping seal uh, thing uh, about their product because they want to sell the best product to you all, the American.
Americans and, of course, across the world. And uh, they want to make sure that we're all eating the best that we can and also that we have the best product. So uh, at least you know that someone's looking out for you. And it's always great to know what the trends are. Whenever it is we find something changing, just like last year the big thing was urban farming. Uh, I'm sure it's going to take off like gangbusters this year. So uh, the need is great. We need to start more community gardens where you live, work, or play. And um, at least you know that there is some kind of standard uh, that we can go by uh, to show us you know, what we need to grow or could grow that's going to be even better uh, then if we just picked something out, you know, a seed packet somewhere in some store, which we all have done. So uh, I always feel that there are certain items, and seeds are one of them, seeds and pens and I think pads of paper. Uh, if someone's selling it, I'm going to be looking at it and see what it's about, and uh, then you walk on. And I buy a lot of that kind of stuff that I don't even need. I don't even need, <laughs> so I'm sure you do it too, but uh, what a great honor, and uh, we're going to go ahead, and uh, believe it or not, the USDA has some kind of a little uh, ditty about uh, being bullish on bison, and I didn't play it last last week because we got carried on with some other things, but I want to go ahead and play this for you because uh, there's different meats out there that people are choosing uh, because I know like in our area where we are uh, in the Midwest, uh, sometimes the meat lately in the last two, three years has been kind of tough. So uh, a lot of people say if you go with the grass-fed or if you go with the um, the places, the butcher companies, and uh, get your meats that way, at least then you know that they're locally grown, they're eating the right things, and they might be a bit better. Well, then, I know in our area they do a lot of wild game uh, things, and they have a big feast once a year. They have several hundred people that go to it, and they try out different um, you know, game or meats that people can eat. Now, we've had ostrich farms where I live. We've had bison farms. Uh, we don't have it as much as we did about four years ago, four or five years ago. But um, there's still those kind of farms around. So, but let's go ahead and listen to this uh, this information that the USDA has about bisons. Bison right now is on fire in the U.S. We are a growth business. That was Dave Carter, the executive director of the National Bison Association. It's no surprise that he is bullish on the American public's taste. For bison. They have discovered that not only is it a lean, nutritious red meat, not only is it sustainably raised and it's illegal to use growth hormones in bison, and I always say what could be more sustainable in a food system than the animal that's been part of this environment for the last 5,000 years, but they're also discovering it's a delicious meat. Just how delicious? As they've taken that first bite and uh, discovered the taste, they're coming back looking for more, which has us scrambling right now because the demand has outstripped our supply. Our marketers right now are reporting that they're not able to meet their current demand, let alone introduce new customers to the product. Which he says is why his organization is working to get more people into the bison business. That's why we've been working very closely with folks at USDA. We were just back visiting with the folks at the Farm Service Agency, for example, offering to give them some success stories of producers that have used the beginning farmer or the youth loans to get started in the bison business and to provide them with the resources to be able to reach out and help us bring more producers into the business. His group has been focusing on encouraging smaller scale bison producers. And then we're in the midst right now of administering a multi-year farmers market promotion program grant for our smaller producers to be able to help them to expand their farmers market business but also to offer the opportunities for agritourism. And there are efforts to expand 
demand for American bison meat overseas, too. The Foreign Ag Service has been doing a tremendous job for us to try and open up some markets that have been closed to bison so that we can continue to, to grow the demand side. Americans eat so little bison compared to beef that the National Agricultural Statistics Service does not keep track of overall bison consumption in the country. We did the math, and as near as we can tell, the per capita consumption is 0.08 pounds per person per year. So, you know, we like to say if we uh, tripled the size of the bison business, everybody could have a quarter pounder once a year. He's emphatic that bison and beef are not the same things. I always say that beef does the best job in the world of being beef, so why would we want to be another version of beef? We're bison. We're a different product. We're kind of in a different marketplace. In other words... So we will always be a niche product. We never see ourselves being a mainstream commodity. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And thank you, Ms. Stephanie Ho. Um, that is always interesting what different meats they have out there that people can choose. So, and of course, uh, as uh, Diane Blazik was uh, discussing, she's the executive director of All America Selections. Uh, people do look at Food Network. We get the magazine, as a matter of fact, and my mom devours it. I mean, devours that magazine of different ideas and whatever. And I think it's always interesting to see the balance uh, that is out there. We have to show the meats, we have to show the pastries, we have to show the vegetables, the fruits. It's all a combination of together. Because if you're not interested in what you're eating, uh, you're not going to eat it too well or too much. And we have a lot of salads. We're getting older. And uh, we don't do the cartwheels like we used to. And we don't do other things, too. So um, at dinner time, we eat a lot of salads. And I always make sure that it's something different. It's not what we ate the time before. And uh, sometimes I mix it with two or three other lettuces or, or whatever. And... Um, it may have some raisins on it one time, may have dates on it another time, may have some other kind of cut-up meat, cheeses, you know, all kinds of different ways of making salad because we want it to be interesting enough that we'll eat it. So, um, but that's us. We're older. We need to lose the weight. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, we admit it. <laughs> but I want to provide all the different varieties of things on your plate as possible. Wouldn't it be great to talk to a baker? I might have to look that up. But uh, <laughs> I love good breads. And sometimes we have the salad, either crackers or some good bread, or we may not have anything. Depends on what we ate for lunch. Sometimes we uh, have to uh, eat out, but we eat out, bring it back here. Uh, we don't actually eat out a lot. But um, And then sometimes we go ahead and purchase something that's partially you know, pieced together, and so we put it together ourselves. But uh, we have uh, a lot of interest in good food, good cooking. Uh, my relatives are better bakers than me, but uh, we still like to eat well uh, when we do sit down. And if it's fresh, we're going to have it. So um, it's exciting times. I kid you not, 2018, I told you in 2017 it would be exciting. It is going to be very exciting this year, and uh, we're looking forward to it and um, going to bring you the – latest information that we can from the different um, venues that we can. Uh, do check out the magazine. It's, again, uh, www.magster.com. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. It's a new publishing company I'm with. We may try it out as a print thing on uh, Amazon coming up. I will keep you posted on that. I'm just trying it out. Uh, we can already be in stores, but we have to have a literary agent. So if you know somebody, give me a call. Uh, email me, uh, communitygardenrevolution at gmail.com. That's communitygardenrevolution at gmail.com. So um, I'm just so excited about this week and uh, the addition of the All-America 
selections. We just keep going and growing, and we never know who's out there listening and who's wanting to be a part of the uh, community garden movement. Isn't that wonderful? All righty. Let's all get it together. Thank you so very much for your time today. This is Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Have a great Community Garden Day.